The clinical psychophysiological mode of therapy that we talk about on this channel is of course psychosystems analysis, which was developed in 1988 by Stephen Pauling and supported famously by Franz Jung in 1992 in Carl Jung's house. And we describe this modality of therapy as having a Jungian core. But what does that really mean? Well, at core, if you like, it basically means Jung's theory of complexes. Of course, there's other things in there too, but when you're working with someone in person, complexes are the things you're generally working with. And so we got a question today from Nightchild as part of our $10 tier on Patreon called Merlin's Workshop, where you get to submit questions for us to dig into and answer on the YouTube channel, asking, what is the evolutionary purpose of complexes? Sounds kind of, it does sound like a silly thing. Like why would someone acquire something over the course of their lifespan that apparently requires psychotherapy, or at least implicitly you might presume so, to remove? Almost like a disease of the mind. That seems to be the way in which things like this come across. But complexes, of course, aren't inherently bad things. People come with problems in therapy, and that might be driven by a complex and therefore those complexes are bad but in general they don't have to be you know we've talked about counter complexes before as well but why might these things exist why might we have been involved to be susceptible to developing these things that was the general question today and Stephen Pauline get into this idea of um, uh, sexual dynamics as to why women like bad boys and things of that nature the conversation starts I guess theoretical and then slowly develops on towards you know modern world sexual dynamics and what that might mean which is very very exciting so Steve in the past what is the evolutionary purpose of complexes. Yes, you're quite right. The human mind and specifically consciousness and that which lays immediately behind it, what Jung would call the personal unconscious, is adaptive to and for survival in the environment. Complexes, in essence, are units of memory, not just psychological memory as such. It's not just as you might store information in a computer in a digital form as such. It's also biological memory and it's a reaction that involves every part of your brain. And I don't mean the left and the right cerebral hemispheres. I mean the brain as it's evolved, as it, it goes down deeper and deeper within, right back through the paleomammalian brain, down to the reptilian brain and so on. So complexes are in many places. They're not just in the cortex and they are connected to instincts directly. So I'm scrubbing for now the idea of archetypes as an intermediary between those two. Let's just think in terms of instincts. Instincts impel people towards behavior, specifically towards adaptive action in the environment. And under genomic pressure, over lifespan development, as anticipated by the genome. So complexes, if you like, provide the capacity for plasticity in behavior in response to environmental conditions. Because things like fear and noxious stimuli condition more efficiently, they have to because they incline us towards avoiding things that could end our lives, then negative complexes, if you like, seem to have a higher energetic quotient and can intrude more readily. So they are definitely related to memory in the sense that they have a psychological presence within the brain, but they also have a psychoneuroendocrine profile that runs throughout the body. So the downloading process then in terms of the brain will go from the cortex and it will go down into the deeper parts of the brain. 
specifically the paleo or ancient mammalian brain down through the reptilian brain, right down into the brain stem and then out into the body. Accompanying that will be a hormonal profile as well. And we, we still carry these traits today. We have the, this adaptive tendency to form complexes in response to challenges in the environment. However, because we do have a developed unconscious mind, personal unconscious, which is the immediate area behind our normal consciousness, then we suffer in ways perhaps other animals don't mm -hmm. insofar as we have a very structured and relatable to psychological level. This is, if you like, the first or psychological level of experience of complexes. And that's dynamic. There is a turnover of information going on all the time. So complexes can arise autonomously and affect our consciousness and our adaptation from within that personal unconscious layer of the psyche. And when they do that, they can produce state-dependent reactions, which means it's also a whole body and a psychosocial effect as well. So yeah, they, they have developed in an evolutionary sense to help us by giving us plasticity with respect to our adaptation to the environment. And that's both a good thing and also a bad thing. And that's where most psychopathology that modern people suffer from arises out from the personal unconscious. And underneath that, the deep stratum of instincts and instinctive pressure that's impelling us to further adapt to environmental changes in the most optimal way. Doesn't always work out that way though because our environment is extremely complicated and we have to be very, very adaptable. And when we fail to adapt, that's when complexes can take primacy over our better instincts and our better strategies for adaptation. Do you remember the conversation we had recently about the animus, for example? Yeah. Um, and we were thinking about how women seem to be prepared to receive men more negatively than than, than positively mm. and, and wondering why that might be and uh, clearly it's down to instincts again and it's it, again if you think in terms of basic survival and um, you know wanting to ensure that you do survive and protect yourself but for women it's obviously more important for them to be able to instinctively respond to something that's negative, such as a predator or a stalker in the environment, than it, than it is to, um, to encounter men positively. So it seems to be that things are set up yeah. that way for that, that reason. That was, uh... Pauline's yeah. Pauline's observation was that that was likely a survival adaptation. Yes, definitely. So this uh, bad boy phenomenon That's right, yeah. uh, really arises out of the necessity where bad boys yes. uh, in the past, in, the, in you know, paleo history, you know, yeah. uh, ancient uh, human evolutionary terms, uh, prehistory, of course, where they were dominant over resources and the acquisition of resources, yes. then, you know, the women genetically have yeah. to adapt to them. Yeah. And very often these bad boys have traits which means they're more likely to survive because they're accruing resources to themselves yes. rather than anybody else this is where a lot of criminality arises from isn't it it, it is and yeah. they, there's an exchange then that goes on yeah. uh, between the kind of benefits you would get from a better kind of man yes who may be less adapted 
less physically capable, yeah. less cunning in a survival sense. And also there's this old argument, if you like, in, in an evolutionary sense that people suffer from even from today of being, you know, the last guy in the shop or the last yes. girl in the shop. Yeah. Genetically, if you're going to reproduce, then there's going to be a bit of a, an evolutionary competitive rush on. So for mm. a, a young breeding population age woman in mm. the remote past, it would be better genetically yes. to breed with somebody like that than to breed yeah. with no one. Yeah, it's, it's a trade-off between instincts, yeah. isn't it? It's, really? a it's a trade-off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you if literally the most important thing is to ensure your survival. Yeah, and survival of your genes. And the survival right. of your genes, yeah. then then that's the kind of man you're you're likely to be drawn to. Yeah. I mean we're living in much more complicated times now yes. where the idea of wanting a psychological relationship is 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 probably something quite unique to now. Yeah. I'm not saying that people didn't have the need for psychological no, relationship no. then but it's much more complex oh, yeah, now yeah. clearly it, it is it's evolved with so, civilization yeah yeah you know, you, you, like philosophy for example is a luxury that you cannot afford yes if you're you know living a subsistence existence mm. with a small extended family group in stone age technology you, yeah. you just cannot afford philosophy because survival yeah. is the most important thing but as soon as civilization is in place mm -hmm. and, and sufficiently protected then luxuries like philosophy and psychology and adaptations like that start to make more biological sense mm -hmm. but because the adaptation to the primitive environment is more deep structure it's it's got more impetus behind it and so women now are still sometimes impelled towards yes. the psychopathic style of man yeah. Uh, even though they will be hurt by that relationship or series of relationships, abused even, yeah. there's nevertheless there's that instinctive push yeah. that that's better than nothing. Yes. You know, um, so that's well, bad. It, it is. It is bad. Yeah. You you would see it um, too in something like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. As well, yeah. where the victim adapts themselves yes. to psychopaths yeah well, the uh, the, their captors yeah. uh, which are likely to be psychopathic oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, as a means of survival of in, yeah. ensuring the you know the yeah. the physical safety and, and the possibility of actually yeah. um, you know escaping from that situation yeah. so you, you you can see that it has yes, adaptive you value you can indeed. to do that yeah. and to be that way and people suffering from from these instincts arising unbuffered in that form we still meet pretty much daily uh, with respect to a lot of the women not all but a lot of the women that we work with and have worked with over the decades so it, it's still a force it's you could say it's an unconscious force certainly because it has that quality of compulsion about it and lack of reflexivity they're just compelled to do it yes in the same way that the anima as such as experienced by men has that same compulsive factor that we experience and pulls us towards certain types of women um, and for some of those you can see that the the reach right back instinctively and mm. others you can see well that particular kind of anima would have emerged more favorably and be more positively selected for in an advanced civilization and by advanced I don't mean obviously like 21st century, I mean 5th century BC Athens, yes. for example. 
they were advanced. They, they were advanced sufficiently to have philosophy, mathematics, art, theatre. Mm. And when you get something like mm. that and an organised state, which the Greeks were, you know, were one of the original working founders of, then other versions of the animus and the animus will start to emerge and be positively selected for. But these very, very deep and ancient structures mm. that our instincts were impelled towards them for instinctive reasons mm. will nevertheless open up and release for us. And then it's, it's a question of challenge then. Mm. Uh, that, and this is a decision that the conscious mind has to take. Yeah. That's its job. Yeah. Is, is to decide whether this particular instinct that's pushing now is the right one for my adaptation in the times and circumstances within which I live. And in order to make that judgment, you have to become conscious. If you're not, then you just push by them. Yeah, you're right to say though, Steve, that um, if something is noxious, a noxious stimuli will yeah. reinforce things oh, yeah. far, more far more heavily, yeah. won't it, than, than yeah. something positive, unfortunately. For sure. For sure. I think this is why women have the kind of, um, coming back to the animus for a moment, the kind of dreams and fantasies that, that women have as they're growing up and they go through adolescence and into womanhood tend to be of, of a dark nature, of a dark and sinister nature. Yeah. We're just set up to receive that signal even Absolutely. then. Absolutely. And um, it's maybe only later we fully understand the significance of yeah. this. But and, and shit testing. Uh, yes. On the other side of yes. the equation with men, that will be very old as well. Yes. That will be about mate selection. Yeah. Um, and, and women testing a man, literally testing his masculinity and whether he'll stand up against that and then measuring those qualities against the bad boy imago, which would be the bad boy will not put up with that. Mm. And he may have other qualities too. And I say in a Paleolithic environment, Stone Age yeah. uh, environment, cave dwelling, subsistence mm. existence, then you can understand shift testing. Now, maybe not. But now it's driven by other things, by, by politics and the like. But the, the animus too, in terms of what's favoured genetically and in an evolutionary sense, has also evolved, uh, which is why women also fantasise about an idealised man, which you could say in the form of a medieval knight and chivalry mm -hmm. or of an intellectual or, or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. uh, these are later additions, but they're, they're built on that very early adaptation, which will be instinctive and it will have that force and that pressure. You could call that an archetype, but without doubt, it's an instinct. And then you get a complex which builds around that, which is where the plasticity comes in of adaptation. Uh, put all these things into the mix in any era, in any time, any culture. And then you have the recipe for cooking the particular complexes the men and women suffer from in yeah. their times. Yeah, the complex of the day. The, the, the dishes of the day. day. <laughs> yes, the dishes of the day. Thank you for watching this episode of Young to Live By. If you haven't already, make sure you download our free PDF for integrating your shadow. It includes the most advanced theory on the topic available anywhere on the internet, as well as a full practical breakdown. If you've ever wanted to integrate your shadow, this is honestly the way to do it. Thanks again for watching and take care.